Welcome back, everyone, to the Passive Road to Retirement podcast. We're your hosts, Andrew Jarrett and Nick Cooper. Today, we're joined by Andy Hubbs. Andy owns a small but crazy busy general practice law firm with his wife just outside of Detroit. They have three kids and three golden retrievers. He's a Michigan State sports fanatic and Chicago Cubs fan, and he has been a real estate investor since 2011. Andy, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm really excited to be here. Thank, thanks to both of you guys. Awesome. We're pumped to have you on here. So if it's cool, we can just dive right in and, and start asking some questions, amigo. Sounds good. Cool. So you started in 2011. What has changed since then? Boy, good question. Uh, well, first and foremost, I got started doing single family. And so it was a little bit of a different arena. And uh, deals were a little bit easier to come by, at least at first at first blush. <laughs> right. um, I got started because I was representing some guys in a title dispute, and they were real estate investors. And I remember somehow during the course of the case, their bank statements became relevant. And I saw I saw these large amounts that they had in their bank accounts. And these were younger guys. And I said, guys, I, I do criminal defense, so you can level with me. Wh where's this money coming from? What are you doing? And they told me they got started doing some real estate investing. They were fixing and flipping houses. They told me about the program they went through. Um, after the case concluded, I reached out to them again. I said, hey, now that I'm no longer representing you, now there's no conflicts or anything like that, tell me a little bit about this program. And so they were involved in a program called Fortune Builders. My okay. wife and I were uh, early uh, students in, in Fortune Builders. Wonderful program. I have nothing but the highest praise for it. And it just so happened that I uh, was had just moved to a new office building where a lot of the attorneys were probate attorneys. And so I was getting all kinds of leads on probate properties. So I went into it thinking I was going to be fixing and flipping houses. And I certainly did some of that. But we quickly realized that um, our niche was going to be in fixing and holding properties. And so relatively quickly, my wife and I started accumulating a portfolio of properties throughout southeastern Michigan. And then in 2015, a good friend of mine who's a, my, my CPA, he's also a real estate partner that I do some deals with, uh, was invited on a uh, to speak at an event. And one of the things that was included in that event was a bus tour of properties in Indianapolis. Hmm. And at the end of the event, he said, hey, do you want to buy some properties with me out here? And uh, I said, sure. And so we pooled our money together and we bought four properties with some other investors, all cash no encumbrances of any kind, owned them all free and clear. We found a company that finds properties, renovates the properties, uh, and then does property management after. Um, okay. And we still own those properties to this day. In fact, hmm. we've taken the rents and we've reinvested and we've purchased more properties. Uh, and this has been as passive as passive can be. I've never even been to the properties. We've owned them for eight years. Um, I just see the benefits. Right. And then um, so but for the most part, you know, to answer your question, we, we've just seen that, um, you know, there's you know, prices have gone up. Right. It, it's not quite as easy to find deals. It requires that you become more nimble, that you, um, you know, become more resourceful. And so my wife and I kind of determined that we needed some more education. We needed some more resources. We needed to join a mastermind. And um, and so we decided we wanted to get into multifamily to kind of scale up. We have a really busy practice. It's just the two of us. I have an assistant, okay. but um, 
anyway, we, we, we saw multifamily as a way to uh, take our, our investing to the next level. That's a great answer. That's why we're here talking to you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now, what do you, I guess, what do you like about multifamily uh, versus single family besides the scalability? You know, um, I, I like I like that it's a it's really a, a people activity. It's it, it's a it's not as cutthroat. You know, I'm I'm cutthroat in the courtroom. I'm cutthroat uh, with with protecting my clients. But it's nice yeah. because you get to interact with some really phenomenal people. I found that the group is very generous. Uh, I'm part of a, a mastermind that uh, Nick is also uh, involved in, uh, and I've met some really wonderful people. And, uh, and, and so I find myself investing my own resources. Certainly the numbers have to make sense, but right. also having a high degree of confidence in the people, the operators and yeah. their, their intentions, their experience, their skill sets. So, Hey everyone, hope you're enjoying this episode. Are you ready to maximize your real estate investing to its full potential? Join us at level up REI coaching and take your life and business to all new levels. Send an email to nick at levelupriicoach.com. That's nick, N-I-C, at levelupriicoach.com. So looking at that, as far as how do you pick a partner? You know, I have, I, I'm really lucky to have two outstanding partners, yeah. uh, Eric Tome and Zaid Kassab. And we are friends. We've been friends for a long time. Uh, we're investors. We were investors before we met each other. Um, and we, we, kind of decided, you know what, let's let's do this together. And so I I became part of a mastermind called MIH, uh, which is phenomenal. I, I absolutely love it. And I got uh, Eric and I got my friend Zaid into MIH. And, and so first I, I wanted to kind of share what I was doing it, with my mastermind. And then when they really got excited about it and really were enthusiastic, that's kind of when we decided to, to work together. But with both of those guys, um, we all bring different things to the table. Okay. Uh, you know, Zaid is very analytical. He's really strong in underwriting. Uh, Eric is is a very outgoing guy. He's a great networker. And, um, you know, he has experience. He He's fixed and flipped 150 properties. Oh, wow. Me, I have a lot of contacts, networking, been doing networking for a long time. I love talking to people and I'm passionate about real estate. So I tell people a lot about real estate. And so for me, I think the strength is the connections I've had to utilize my legal skills too, and that certainly helps. Um, and, and and so we really kind of, we have different uh, experiences, but we really kind of complement each other. And so I think to answer your question, it's about finding people who have some similarities, but also fill holes um, and, and bring qualities to the table that might otherwise be lacking. So. No, I think that's exactly what you find someone that has that, that you're lacking something. So you search for that fill in that gap that you have. So that's a great way of looking at it. So how long have you been with these partners for then? So I've, I've, I know, and I've, I've been friends with both of these guys, Eric for going on 12 years um, and, and Zaid for about three or four years. Um, And, but as far as deciding to kind of join forces, that's really only been in the last, oh gosh, seven or eight months. Um, Eric and I formed a group together called Grand Slam Capital. We're both big baseball guys. All right. And then uh, Zaid, uh, who's good friends with both of us, uh, we were lucky to have him come aboard. And Zaid and Eric had their own group together called Top Point Investing. 
And so we decided to all kind of operate under top point investing. And uh, so not long from a, a timeline perspective, but, you know, there's certainly a depth of, of knowledge and friendship and familiarity that we've had for a long time. Well, I get that deep business with, with your friends, people that you like, because you'll be around them almost as much as your spouse, if not more. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, Andy, you've been investing since 2011. I'm sure, I don't know if you've personally had a deal that didn't go the way you wanted to, or you've probably seen several in your practice, maybe, or, you know, being around, uh, being around that. Can you kind of describe one that you've seen that didn't go right and what you've learned from that? You know, to your point, uh, Andrew, I, being a lawyer, I, I, I primarily practice criminal defense work, but I also do a lot of civil litigation. And it's it's interesting, the last several years, I have been retained on cases by people who know that I'm a real estate investor, but also know that I'm a litigator, I'm a courtroom attorney. And so I've been representing a lot of investors who've been uh, who've placed their trust in people, mm. have, have expended large sums of money, in some cases, their life savings. And have been um, have, have lost their life savings, and so uh, and the one common thread, and it, it, it's really interesting. I, I probably have three cases going right now, and since I became a real estate investor, I've probably handled about twenty, and the fact patterns are so similar, and 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 the the thing that I've learned that has saved me a lot of hassle, unfortunately, it was at somebody else's expense, is to really do your due diligence to really talk to people who have worked with operators, who've worked with investors, to um, do your detective work. Uh, you're, you're, you're placing your life savings in someone's hands yeah. Yeah. in some cases. And, and even if you're not, even if it's for something that you can walk away from, it, it's, it's still a, a terrible situation to find yourself in. Um, so from my own personal experience, um, my very first flip, I, I was, I think we can all identify with this. I hired the cheapest contractor and I paid him all up front. Oh yeah. Yep. I, I wanted to lock him in, right? Wanted we know this story. In. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and he ended up taking my money and just kept going. And then I went to the police department and I said, I'm an attorney. You've, you've got to take what I'm saying seriously. I'm like, this is the guy's information. And then they're like, sir, just file a lawsuit. Just file a lawsuit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know that was that was my my personal experience. But you know if I've learned anything, it's it's really that you just have to to do your homework to to trust but confirm, right? So. Yeah, great advice. If you had any, it's kind of expand upon that. So any legal protections that you would take getting into a partnership or a deal that people avoid because it, it seems like when they need you is before the problem, not after. They should be talking to you then. Yeah. So great question. I mean, first and foremost, um, and, and I do some of this work as well because people know I'm an investor, is the importance in forming some kind of alter ego uh, is what we call them. And that would be a limited liability company or something that will shelter you from liability um, would, would be the first thing is, is finding a vehicle that makes sense from a liability perspective, as well as from potentially a tax perspective. Now, I'm not a tax guy. Uh, I, I I barely passed basic uh, taxation in law school, just enough to satisfy the prereq. Um, but I certainly know that forming the right corporate structure is is helpful. Uh, getting insurance um, is is also helpful. Maybe not so much from a multifamily perspective, so much as from a single family perspective. Uh, but you know, 
I would say those two things right off the bat are some good things to kind of think about early on in the process. No, that's great advice. That's like something that you don't think of these problems till you're in it. And then it's too late to have that happen. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, but I, the great thing about real estate investing overall is that I'm, I'm constantly learning and the longer I do it, the more I know there's so much I don't know. Yeah. Um, and, and to go from my original statement, as far as the people, you can learn so much from people. Uh, you can get great advice. And this, I, I just find multifamily investors in general are a very giving community in that respect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And it's a small community too. You know, everybody kind of knows each other too, which is nice. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, are you still investing in single family, did you say as well, or only multifamily now? So I'm this year I'm going to be selling the last of my two single family in in Michigan. Um, the properties in Indianapolis that I talked about before, I'm going to hold on to those as long as I can because it's been just so hands off. That's right. Um, and you know I've been practicing law for 23 years, and it seems like uh, the the longer you practice, the better you get. The better you get, the more demand you're in. And mm -hmm. I work seven days a week, literally seven days a week. Um, and thankfully, I have a very understanding wife. <laughs> but but she did say, "Listen, it, let's. I get it, but let's let's scale up to to multifamily." My wife, thankfully, is is my biggest supporter, and she's really my partner too, obviously. And uh, she she's very supportive of the real estate investing. So yeah, so I'm I'm like you. My wife is my biggest supporter, and my reason for doing this. How do you? What advice would you give to someone that needs to? convince their spouse that this is the way? So, you know, for, for us, and, and, I, and I think our example is pretty telling, my, with my wife having law school debt, me having law school debt, being self-employed, the first several years, uh, you know, we really struggled. And we we struggled because we had such such obligations to pay for. And we really, yeah. we, we didn't benefit from friends of ours who, who got jobs and had 401ks and were able to, you know, stack away all kinds of money. And, and, and the, the thing I could tell you is that we've been able, since we've gotten involved in real estate investing to leapfrog in some cases, many multiples ahead of friends of ours who were consistently putting money into their 401k just through real estate. I have um, literally next to nothing in, in the stock market. And, 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 and I'm not saying the stock market's not, not great. My own personal decision is that real estate's better. And so uh, I think the biggest selling point to anybody, you can absolutely lose your shirt in real estate investing. It's tough. It's difficult. It's stressful. It's, we all know that. It's not glamorous. But uh, if you, it, it, I think it's the best way to get rich slowly. Um, and so I think that to, to hopefully answer your question, it's dangerous when you interview an attorney. We always give you a long answer to a short <laughs> question, um, is, is to just kind of see the big picture and, and, and to know that. It takes time. So I like, I can tell you bill by the hour then. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a great quote too. You get, that's how you get rich slowly, you know, not, not overnight with real estate. I mean, you can, you can, you know, do a good deal and make a lot of money, but the key there is, you know, build wealth over time. Yeah. Deliberately. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I just had a question based on debt. You know, I you said you and your wife had uh, school debt when you got out, obviously. Mm -hmm. Do you feel differently now about debt, you know, being in multifamily, kind of good debt versus bad debt or any, you know, anything you can highlight on that? A absolutely. I mean, I thankfully, um, 
you know, although my my, my parents, uh, my, my my dad was a, a CPA and my my mom uh, is also an attorney, uh, but they had a really, I think, a real traditional outlook about debt that maybe Dave Ramsey espouses, and that is that that debt is just a bad thing, and and and, and I think that debt. Is, is not a bad thing. I think you have to learn to leverage debt. I think you can use debt yeah. in a real effective way. And debt can actually be, a, a, ironically enough, an asset mm-hmm. in, in in so many respects. So um, a- absolutely. And then, you know, bad debt. And I know when I was in college, I I had a good time, let's put it that way. And, and I, I racked up a fair amount of credit card debt. And uh, I've got a son who's in college right now. And I, thankfully, he's much more conservative than his dad was at that age. Uh, but you know, without question, that's that that's bad debt that you want to not have. Um, you know, and 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 the great thing about debt is that it allows you to make some wonderful investments, so long as the the returns from that investment are in excess of the of the debt load, right? Whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so many people can make money if they do it smart in a smart manner, in a real deliberate manner, by properly utilizing debt. Yep. And, uh, and I think looking back that you have able to leapfrog past a lot of those folks that were putting, you know, their money into 401ks and whatnot, because you were able to leverage and use debt as a tool by something that's like a, a liability. Yep. Oh, absolutely. And, and I guess one other point, guys, that I would make as far as debt goes is uh, I was fortunate when I purchased my rental properties um, and I used either, either paid for them in cash in the case of Indianapolis, or I used uh, private <clears throat> debt, uh, private money lenders. Yep, okay. And um, I've yet to use, other than for my own uh, you know, personal residence, banks for any uh, real estate purchase. And, and uh, I'm not saying that you can't or that you shouldn't. I'm just saying that's, that's really what worked for me. And the nice thing about using uh, private money lenders is, is that it didn't impact my credit. You know, lenders didn't say, oh, my gosh, you, you have all this debt on your credit report. When these are private money lenders, um, it's not going to show up on your credit report. So exactly. They look at the asset, not, you know, not so much the borrower. I mean, they still will look at you, but not like a bank would. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. That's when I got started. I did the same thing. I, I bought through private money and, you know, owner financing and stuff like that. And yeah, it's much easier than than going through banks. Quicker. Yeah, yeah, and you have a lot of power when you can close quickly. Yeah, so. exactly. Yep, definitely helps. And one thing I wanted to highlight too on the debt, especially taking on debt in an inflationary environment, you know, you're paying back the debt with devalued dollars. So it's a great time, especially now, you know, to take on debt, uh, in my personal opinion. Absolutely. So what, um, this is, you know, the passive road to retirement. So we always ask, what would be your top strategy for somebody to get their first passive income stream? I, I think a wonderful one that I'm a big fan of is becoming a, a limited partner in in a syndication. Mm-hmm. Um, Zaid and, and Eric and I, over the last several weeks, have been hosting dinners with friends of ours, um, uh, attorneys, doctors, uh, people we've known our whole lives. Uh, people in the case of Zaid, a lot of people from his church. And, and these are folks who, as far as we could tell, really don't have a lot of experience investing in real estate or haven't really yeah. been introduced into the concept of passively investing in, in real estate. And so um, I, I think limited partnership opportunities are can be terrific. 
not only from a financial perspective, but also if if you want to learn like I do when I work, uh, what when I invest as an LP, I also want to kind of see what's going on and I want to ask a lot of questions, not because it's an occupational hazard, but because I'm really interested in, and fascinated in the process. And so the neat thing about becoming a limited partner is that you can also get a real education about real estate investing overall and use that to catapult at some point down the road into a general partnership. Um, and, and maybe you've picked up some things as being an LP by asking questions about property management or uh, asset management or capital attraction or any number of different things. So, Cool. Uh, makes makes total sense. I think it's also looking at having those dinners. A lot of these these folks don't really understand real estate, how it works, but they trust in you. So they're investing in you. Yep. On these. And that's that's the biggest thing is that you have a relationship with these folks. Like how if someone wants to buy a stock like Coca-Cola, you can't just be like, call up the CEO of Coca-Cola and say, I don't like how it's going. Like, hey, with this one, they can. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Zade, Zade and I both invested at the same time, coincidentally, in as LPs in a deal with some MIH members. And I remember Zade saying to me, Well, Andy, what what is it that convinced you to to invest this money when all was said and done? And, and I said, obviously, the numbers have to make sense. I'd like to see conservative, realistic underwriting. Yeah. And I'd like to see a rationale behind certain things. But it's absolutely about the people. And I got to know uh, through a number of events and, and calls, the operators in this particular investment. And they are and were phenomenal people. I mean, these are great people that uh, have a high uh, moral compass. They're ethical. They're, they do their homework. They... Uh, just use a lot of common sense. They're realistic. They're transparent. Um, you know, and 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 they don't just say something because they think an investor wants to hear that or will get uh, a comfort level that maybe isn't genuine or isn't isn't accurate. So, that's a great point. That's a good point. Great points and good things to look for in a sponsor. <laughs> yeah. What uh, what would be the number one takeaway you want our audience to absorb from this show? You know, I, I think that no matter how how long you've been investing or how certain you are that things can only be done one way, that you should be open to different ideas um, that, that you know, you can leverage, just like you can leverage debt, you can also leverage experience. Mm, and yeah. so, um, you know, I I never want to be the smartest person in the room and, and, and I never am, not by any stretch. Um, I'm always learning things from people who, uh, you know, have a different outlook on things. I mean, I'm sure every group can say this, but in particular, MIH has some incredibly bright, thoughtful people who have a perspective that has just opened up doors that I never even thought of. And so I, I'm fortunate to be able to take their thoughts and their ideas and, and kind of look at things a little bit differently. So I think just being open-minded and 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 knowing that no matter how much you know, there's still a lot you don't know. And just yeah. being, you can be nimble and flexible by being able to adapt. Yep. Great point. Now, before we get into our five to thrive, what's the best way for someone to reach out and contact you? You know, I, I'm one of those rare breeds. I give out my cell phone number, much to my wife's chagrin, but <laughs> uh, I'm at 248-891-1692. And um, I text, phone calls. My email is andy at hubslaw, H-U-B-B-S-L-A-W-Law.com. Um, and much to my my criticism from my kids. I'm on Facebook quite a bit too. So you can <laughs> Facebook message me um, anytime. Awesome. That's awesome. I like awesome. it. 
Great. So now we're at our five to thrive. So this is our word association game. So I'm just going to rattle off five words and just give me back the first word, phrase, or sentence that comes to your mind. The only thing is you cannot repeat the same answer. Okay. All right. Yep. Here we go. First one is passive income. Uh, game changing. Okay. Mindset. Evolving. I like that. Wealth. Uh, <laughs> what I strive for. <laughs> <laughs> Investing. Um. Gosh, uh, investing, investing, uh, something that, that everybody should do. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. And multifamily, uh, a, a wonderful way to, uh, to borrow the, the term that I used before, but to, to leapfrog really, it, it, I think people have this perception that you need to have tens and thousands of dollars and certainly having money helps, but, um, just get in the game you know, learn and it can literally be life-changing. So. Yep. Totally agree. That's a lot of words for one. 100%. I no, but <laughs> hey, yeah, it's true. <laughs> paid by the hour, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> this one's off the meter guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pro bono. Andy, thanks so much for coming on. It was great to have you on the show. Thank you. Thanks, I, Andy. I can't thank you enough. It was great to talk to both of you guys. So thank you. My pleasure. Appreciate it. Right, take care.